what we do here is go back, 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 back. You are listening to the It's Not About You podcast. I am Felicia Baird, and I will be chatting with social entrepreneurs and other inspirational people around the world about all things lifestyle, business, and how they're giving back to the communities around them all at the same time. I hope you guys are all buckled in, and let's do this. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for tuning into the It's Not About You podcast today. I'm excited that you guys are here. I've had such technical difficulties getting this out. Here it is. It's a podcast for you. And I'm also going to have a Love Yourself series this week as well. So it's kind of a double whammy, even though it's because I didn't post last week, which I really do apologize for. If you haven't already, I would love it if you can rate and review this podcast. If you like this episode, um, it's right in iTunes. If you just go give it a rate and review, it's how I get noticed on the charts and I would really appreciate it. If you haven't had time to add me on Instagram or message me, let me know what you think about the podcast. I love that so much. So feel free to give me an ad at by Felicia Baird at B-Y-F-E-L-I-C-I-A-B-A-I-R-D. I'd love to know what you guys are up to, and I'd also love to know what you guys think of the podcast and this episode, so don't forget to hit me up. Today on the podcast, we have Lauren Peterson, and she's from San Diego, California. Lauren is special because not only is she a social entrepreneur, someone who travels on her own six or seven times a year to build schools and homes for other people in need, and someone who cares deeply for helping others, she genuinely does. Lauren is amazing because she's on a mission to help others learn to give back as well. Social entrepreneurship is something we both have in common, and it's why I was so attracted to having her on the It's Not About You podcast. Her goal is to create 1 million social entrepreneurs. She has a Facebook group called Women of Impact where she is spreading her selfless vibes. Um, If you want to go check it out, it's pretty inspiring. Her energy and her charisma on this episode is also pretty amazing. It'll definitely make you want to go check out her Facebook group and add her on Instagram at Lauren A. Peterson. I hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I hope you guys all have a wonderful week. I'll see you guys later on this week with the Love Yourself series. Love you guys. Bye. Hello. Hi. Hey. Oh, that's so, so weird. You were calling me. I just sent you an email like, okay, I'll restart my Skype as well. And it was like counting down as I was close. <laughs> Let's see how many. I'm like, is Mercury in retrograde right now? I don't oh, know. Oh, God, I know. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? That's so funny. Right. Story of my life. It's fine. <laughs> it's but good. anyways, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um, how is Mexico? You've been traveling everywhere. Holy bananas. My life is, has been very, very great. I feel very blessed, but, um, I'm a, I'm a traveler. I like, I get a little antsy sometimes. I also am very sporadic and you'll hear that like in my story in my life that I'll be like, not sporadic, a little spontaneous would be the word. And so a friend of mine just called and was like, I'm, I'm going to be down in Cabo. Do you want to come like tomorrow? And I'm like, check flights. And then I just booked a flight and, and left went. the next day. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> it's just, I just think that's like how everyone should kind of live their life. Like if an opportunity presents themselves and like it feels good in their gut, then you need to go for it. So yeah, it was a lot of tra- So was it just you and your one girlfriend? Uh, my guy friend. Yeah. Well, it, he was down there for a conference ish sort of thing. 
Um, the first one was a mastermind. And then the second, and then later that month, he was like, I'm also going back to Mexico again. Do you want to come? I was like, yeah, all right. He's a little wacky like me. So we like to do weird things. <laughs> and then I was in Bali with a girlfriend of mine who's, uh, she's quite fascinating. Actually, she's traveling. Um, we met in New York and she, at any point, at any point in time, if I'm talking too much, please stop me. Oh gosh. I don't think that's a thing on a podcast. That's the point. I'm, let you know. I'm like letting you know in advance. I can be a little chatty. I... <laughs> <laughs> You're like, Lauren, I asked you a question that was completely irrelevant, but, uh... <laughs> but yeah, we went no, to Bali great. and she, um, she, we met in New York at a meditation, um, monthly meetup and she just took her meditation career one step further. And so she's traveling the world for a year and she's writing a book on meditation and, she called me about a month ago and she's like, I'm going to be on Bali in, on these dates. Do you want to come? And, and the day before someone said to me, if you ever have a chance to go to Bali, you have to go. So I booked a ticket. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, how, how long, um, did you go for? Not long enough. Have you been to Bali? No, I want to go so bad. Oh, need to go. Everyone needs to go. Well, everyone needs to go everywhere, but Bali is especially. And um, I was actually only there technically for five days because of the travel time. So I left on a Thursday and arrived back on a Thursday, um, which was crazy in itself, but I'm glad that I went because I didn't know. It was like, it was an opportunity. I'm like, I'm going to go, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. Um, but Bali is, it's very magical. Um, I don't know if you're spiritual at all, but there's like an energy there that's really sort of undeniable. Um, it's not as super safe as everyone says, just heads up. <laughs> yeah, no, I heard that it's not that safe, but I am super spiritual, okay. but I've also heard that about Hawaii, that Hawaii has like a kind of like a, an energy there too. Hawaii is also amazing and definitely has an energy. Um, and I'm glad that you didn't hear that Bali was, I see before I went, everyone's like, it's so safe. Everyone there's super friendly. And so I kind of went with like a little bit of my guard down. Normally I travel alone. So I'm like, I'm very protective. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's just, you just got to watch your back, you know, just maybe not get into a cab alone. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No, I, I haven't heard, I've heard mixed things about Bali. Like obviously that you should go and it's beautiful, but no, not everybody said it's like the super safest place. So it's interesting. Like I go into everything with an open mind and I feel like everyone should if they have the opportunity to travel, that they should travel and experience for themselves too. Mm -hmm. Like I have this random infatuation with Barbados. I love Barbados. And people look at me like, what? I'm like, Barbados is like magical to me. <laughs> oh, I've never been to Barbados. If you go, I'll hook you up. I've got like so many friends there now. You should go. Do you normally go on your own? I did. I went five times in one year because I just like fell in love with it. Wow. I went... It was sort of right at the beginning, I can say, of like my whole journey. Um, and I went there and I was like, holy bananas, this place is just amazing. And I met just such amazing people. And it, it's another place that just has an energy to it. Like, yes, you can sit in a resort, an all-inclusive resort at one end of the island. But, you know, you can be right by the water and the cliffs and nature. And like every there, everyone there is just all about living their life to the fullest, whether that's which is a little different than how I grew up in New York, but, um, it's like a, a different way of living. Like they're like each day needs to be enjoyed with friends and family and play. And it's just really beautiful. Yeah. 
When you went, did you, for the first time, did you stay at it like an all-inclusive or did you kind of do the hostile, hostile life? I did. I, I tend to, I'm a, I'm funny. I actually have never stayed in a hostel. Does that sound bougie of me? <laughs> um, I do Airbnbs. So I got a really cheap Airbnb in this woman's home. Oh, there's a little, I'm by my window and there was a hummingbird just flew by. It's oh, good luck. Yeah, that is good luck. Oh, yeah. that's nice. <laughs> um, but she was super nice. She rented out her home. Um, and I stayed in a little small room in her home for like $40 a night right off the beach. So you wake up in the morning, like I grab my surfboard and like pop on down to the beach. It was like a two minute walk. And, but like 40 bucks a night is really not, it's not bad at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they have too many hostels in Barbados, but Airbnb is where it's at. And yeah. I always stay with a woman as a female. Like that's like my one stipulation is like I stay in an Airbnb and it has to be rented out by another woman for like, that's just my thing. Yeah. That, I mean, that's, that's safe of you if you're traveling right. on your own. <laughs> I'm like, it gives my mom a little, little comfort. But yeah, I'm like, for sure. I'm and she's like, what? <laughs> like, see you in three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out, but I'm staying with a girl. So don't worry. <laughs> she's like, I'll always send her. I tell her exactly. I'm like, do you want to know the information? I'll tell you where I'm going. I'll give you the information of the woman I'm staying with. And that like makes her feel better. Yeah. You gotta watch out. Let's make sure that they're happy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it doesn't matter how old you get. Even like I randomly booked a trip to California and my mom's like, I need like the person you're staying with, like photo. I need to see her address. I need everything about her just in case you go missing. And I'm like, it's fair. I will send all of that. It's really, it's super important. Yeah. I think it's good. Like if your mom's still around, you just got to make sure your mom's happy. Mm -hmm. She gave birth to you, you know? (laughs) You owe it to her. Um, so you had said that that's where your journey began. Like what kind, uh, what kind of, like, how did it start your journey? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so my, it actually started really after, um, my grandmother's passing. So a year before my grandmother passed away, which was a year and a half ago. So that, that was a little bit before, but I would say that my, my grandmother's passing was like the catalyst to everything. So, um, she was, her husband passed away a year before her. And so I would go down and like travel and visit her, uh, down in Florida. So I'm originally, I'm from New York, born and raised. You can't tell by my lovely accent. (laughs) (laughs) I like to think I don't have it anymore, but sometimes when I talk really fast, it comes out. Yeah. Um, happens, happens to all of us. Um, so I would go down and visit my Nana, and we'd have these really deep conversations about her struggles in life and what I went through. And we both had um, evidence of depression um, that resonated in our lives. So it was something that I struggled with, and I was very aware of the depression, but I never felt I it was strong enough that I needed medication for it. And we used to have these really deep, intimate conversations. And um, I'd travel down to Florida once a month and go visit her and we'd talk and just about life and things that she regretted and, and what she wished she changed. And then when she, right before she passed, I visited her in December and she passed about a month and a half after she said to me something along the lines of like, Lauren, I wish I lived a happier life. And it was like, just that saying was enough for me to go. There's more to life than waking up to a job that you dislike to living to going to work for someone that you not, your heart's not fully involved in. 
And, and there just had to be a better way. So after she passed, I really dove into meditation and I got really, really internal about what, what was I here to do on this planet? What was my bigger purpose in life? What can I do each day to bring me joy? And really having that time to reflect internally. I'd never been into, I've no, sometimes I, <laughs> it was that English. She's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> talking. My brain is faster than my, um, my mouth. <laughs> um, I never really dove into meditation so deeply until she passed. Um, I always practice yoga, but more so very superficially. Like I really, I did it for exercise. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I started to learn more about meditation and what it really could bring to me in this like inner peace. Um, and it honestly, it really, really changed my life. So, um, I started, I just started diving in deeper of like, what am I here to do? How can I bring happiness to my life and to others life on a daily basis? And I, and this was all in my meditation practice. And then I had this opportunity to, um, just last, just this past December to go to Mexico for a house build. Um, it was with the greatness foundation. I always love plugging them. Mike, love what you do. Um, and, <laughs> and we went down and built a home for a family in need in, um, in Baja, California. So really it's only two hour drive outside of San Diego, which is nothing. I mean, you can drive to LA in that amount of time. So very, very close to the U S borders. And I just saw this deep, this deep, deep <sighs> poverty and just livelihood that I hadn't been exposed to so closely to the States before. And I'm like, they're so close. These people have nothing. They had no homes. They slept on dirt floors with just like tin walls and tarps for roofs. The children were filthy. But the one thing there was that they were just so filled. They had nothing, nothing. They were so filled with love and joy. And it was like that instant, I was like, how can I share this experience with others? And I just sort of made it my mission to, to really, to make others, people who are living here in the States or we'll say first world countries that struggle with depression and feel like they're unhappy and feel like their, their, their lives aren't really worth it to instill that happiness within them. And then a bigger part of my mission is to make sure I give back to the world in a really big way. And a huge part of my passion is like, is helping children, um, all around the world and sponsoring children in their education and women. Cause it just means so, so much to me. And I've gone on a tangent. Do you see, I mm-hmm. talked about the beginning. <laughs> no, you're killing it. I love it. I love your energy so much. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was the year process prior to my grandmother's passing, doing all this internal personal development work, meditation, and then just having this experience in Mexico. I was hooked. I was like, how can I just help others since I just feel so filled with love right now? And, uh, and yeah, that's, that's a little, a little tidbit into my, <laughs> my journey. I hope I answered the question. <laughs> yeah, you did. That was great. So when you, when you, decided on how to help others. How did you, when you said you wanted to share that feeling, how did, so how did you go about doing it? How did you start? Totally. So, um, first I started and I was like, let me just hop on social media because social media is the jam. If anyone 
ever has an idea about anything, go on social media, find your community. And I realized there was a group, there's just it's this immense amount of women, young women, millennials, girls, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> that were searching for more. They were online. They were looking for their tribe. They were looking for, how do I phrase it? Like they just knew internally they were meant for more, whether they were unhappy with their life now, or they just were feeling a little stuck. And, and they wanted to create change in the world as well. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Like, how can I, how can I connect with these women, have them be inspired by my story and help them on their journey? So I started very slowly, one, two, three girls started coaching. I'm like, let's see how I can take my experience, my life experience, help them start their own online businesses. If that's what they choose to do, because that's going to give them the freedom and the joy that they want. And, and grow this community from there. So I started just past this December and it exploded. I can't, I can't tell you. So now I work with young millennials. I help them overcome their fears, whatever they feel like they're lacking within their life. All the women that I work with all want to start their own online business. And that's primarily like my business background. We'll say like prior to my big <laughs> life's journey. I worked in marketing and PR and I've helped start many businesses back in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's where my expertise comes from. And I just wanted to share that with all the, the women that I, that I found were looking for that. Like, how can they be happy and, and really live out their dream and their true purpose? So that's a lot of what I do help them find what really, they value, pair that with, um, they find what they deeply value in their life and then really catapult them on their, on their journey to whether it's starting an online business or whether it's just to find the happiness within themselves, whatever it is, is to start them on this trajectory of like, if I'm happy within myself, I can start an online business and then I can help change the world. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's working. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Someone out there has a bigger plan than me, but it's, it's going really well and I'm very excited. And part of what I do, so part of my coaching business, um, I always make sure that I give back. So I, I call my, my business a for purpose company, um, where I sponsor nine different, um, women, young women and children from all around the globe to make sure that they have food on the table, that they stay in school. Um, a lot of like, so many women like can't or families can't afford education for their children. Um, and that's a big part of what I do. And when I work with these other women, I encourage them to start and become social entrepreneurs themselves as well. Mm -hmm. And that's part of like, a higher, bigger purpose for them out there as well. I love that. <laughs> that was great. I loved your tangent. Oh, thanks. I know I can, I can be a little chatty. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. It happens. It happens. <laughs> so did you grow up in a household where they always gave back? Um, I would love to say yes, but no. <laughs> so I, um, love my, I have like two of like the best parents out there. Love, 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 love my parents to death. But, um, I think a big part of my journey was like understanding my money story. I don't know if you've ever d dove into it yourself. Uh, briefly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, get ready, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I think everyone needs to sort of explore what their money story is. So when I started on my, we'll say personal development journey, don't we all love that term? Um, I was like, why, what are my beliefs around money? What's holding me back from making money? Because I really want to provide money to others. Like I wanted to give in a really big way. I look at, you know, people like Richard Branson and I'm like, I want to do that. Like that's Oprah. I want to do that. How can I start to make that money and grow my business and give back? So it starts with your money story. So my parents, again, back to your question. So I'm not on the tangent. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My parents, they grew up not, not, poor, but let's say lower middle-class. So they, my grandfather, he, he was a truck driver. My, um, my grandmother, she worked for a little bit, but they were not super well off, both of them. So they had this belief that was instilled with them that if you were to make money, you had to work very, very hard and money doesn't grow on trees. You're going to have to save because you will most likely run out of this money. And there was a lot of fear around making money. Um, and so there was unintentionally a lot of money isn't, there's no abundance of money in the world. So that sort of belief was instilled in me as a child. Like my mom, God bless her heart. She's a coupon clipper to the T she still does it to this day. Like my father wants to go out and buy a thing of bagels and she'll be like, Ken, wait, I've got a coupon. My dad's like, what? (laughs) For 50 cents off. (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. That's big in the States, isn't it? Couponing. Yeah, yeah, big, 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 uh, I know, especially around like 2002, all like the coupon wars and all those games online. Yeah. (laughs) All the TV, reality TV shows. Mm -hmm. But it's true. I mean, she, it was instilled that, that, um, money was valued over time. Um, and, and so there wasn't a ton of giving back. My parents were, you know, I did Girl Scouts for a little while, but there wasn't a lot of volunteering that happened in my home. And it was something that I was always really drawn to. And I never really knew how to get involved in um, because I wasn't super, I didn't grow up in a religious household. We weren't involved in the church or synagogue. So unless you were involved directly in a religious organization, for me specifically in my town, of Long Island, um, there was no really opportunities to volunteer. So when I got older, I started to explore that and then came across, um, a few organizations and I was like, this is it. I'm so hooked. It just gives you just this bigger sense of purpose, which I think everyone should experience at some point in their life. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't, do, have you, when you like, have you volunteered before? I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Can you remember the first time you volunteered and you're like, holy bananas. Like, <laughs> yeah, it just, it does. It gives you a sense of, um, accomplishment and a feeling of humbleness too, just mm-hmm. to really be grateful about what you have for sure. Totally. Yeah. Uh, I just love it. I'm actually going back down. What's today in a couple of weeks back down to, um, Mondanero to go volunteer, build another home, which I'm excited about. I miss those little kitties down there. <laughs> That's amazing. So you do that on your own? Um, in with Baja Bound and the Greatness Foundation, I vol- Ooh, so sorry. Um, I volunteer with them. Yeah. Okay. So you find like a group in an organization that's going. Sorry, I missed what you said. I apologize. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so 
<laughs> I just said, um, so you, you find like a group in an organization and you go with them. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> I have another friend, um, that runs, Ooh, I just, she's going to kill me. I forgot the name of her organization, but we'll go down to Mexico as well. Cause we're so close here in San Diego. I mean, it's, we're like a hop, skip and a jump to just go down to Mexico and, and spend some time down there and do what we can. And, you know, for the most part, it's really, it affects us more than it affects them at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Going definitely. Down there, it's really, it really changes our lives way more than they change than we change theirs. So it's really, yeah. especially it's, since you said it's so close, like that's, that's going to be humbling too. Right. It's just, I mean, it's not even two hours away. It's incredible. You're, and, and same thing. I mean, there's a lot, again, I'm going to go on a tangent, but I don't care. <laughs> but even here in the States too, I mean, we all talk about internationally the poverty level, but here, especially in San Diego, the homelessness population, it's, it's like off the charts. I mean, so just even going downtown and like making some sandwiches and handing out some food and socks and, and, um, you know, anything that they, that they need some shampoos and toothpaste and toothbrushes is, is a huge help as well. And something that I love to do, you know, in my free time. Yeah. That's whenever awesome. That is. <laughs> yeah. Whenever that is, you're busy, is, you're a busy right? lady. No. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really, it's very humbling. It's very, very humbling. So the people that you work with, um, and you help them build their businesses to yeah. Is social entrepreneurship something that they had thought of before or something they always wanted to get into? Is that why they're so attracted to working with you? Yeah, I think it's, um, it's something that generally the conversation goes like this, like, oh, I've always been interested in giving back, but I've never, either I've never had the opportunity to, or I didn't know what really that meant. So a lot of people think, I mean, starting their own business is, I mean, super hot. Everyone wants to do it now. It's like, this is 2018. Let me start my own business. And I just don't think there's a lot of people coming in from the angle of like, okay, great. There's all these small businesses out there. You don't need to be the Toms of the world to change the world. You can be a small business, a small restaurant, a small online coach, a small entrepreneur and give back in your business. You don't necessarily need to start a nonprofit. See, a lot of people also think that the only way to give back in the world is to start a nonprofit. And I actually believe it's the for-profit companies that are really going, and the smaller companies that are really going to make the biggest change for the future. Mm -hmm. Because just implementing um, a give back method in your business right at the beginning sets you up for success. One, I mean, yeah, it's trendy now and I don't like to even say that, but it is going to be the way of the future and giving five, 10, 15. I mean, I give 30% of my business, but you don't need to give that much. A lot of it comes from just, you know, that abundance mindset. Um, but even 10% of your business to give away to a local charity or something that is super passionate that you are super passionate about, whether it's, I mean, I have girls that um, they donate their profits to human trafficking one, because they've, ex- they've been in situations before or homelessness because they, it's just so dearly tied to their heart. Or, you know, like for me, I, I'm, I love children. I don't know. It's just something that tugs at my heartstrings. So to hear when children can't, or their parents can't afford to keep children in school and they end up, you know, just 
back in the cycle of poverty, that is something that's really near and dear to my heart. And I like to make sure that I can sponsor multiple children um, from all around the globe. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, to answer your question, <laughs> <laughs> longest podcast of the year award to answer your question. Um, most of the girls said they were interested, but they just don't know what it is. So that's a big part of it. Like, oh, I thought about it. I've always wanted to give back or do something, but I've never really either understood or had the chance to. Yeah, I think that's amazing. I think I think that when I first started doing podcasting, as much as I wanted to interview people and entrepreneurs and they fascinate me so much, um, just the people that like being an entrepreneur is already so hard or it can be if you really don't know what you're doing. So if you even go out of your way to donate a little bit of your profits to, um, like charities or causes or anything like that, that are important to you, I do also believe that it sets you up for success right from the beginning because people are so attracted to that stuff. And I just, Mm -hmm. I was like, that's it. Those are the people that I need to interview because those are Mm. the people that will be influencing the next generation coming up. Totally. Yeah. I'm a huge believer of it. I mean, I think if we can just set the standard now, I can't even imagine like our next generation, like our children of the future, what they're going to accomplish. Because I do believe the more you give, the more you receive. Mm-hmm. Money is just energy. I know I'm going to get a little woo woo on the podcast right now, but money is energy. The more you give, the more you receive. Like if you're going to give a portion of your profits, there's no way in heck that that is not coming back to you and twofold. Mm-hmm. And that's just, I've seen it time and time. And again, I mean, my, my mentor who makes way more than I do, but I would like to get there someday. I mean, the amount of money that she gives to charities, her own charity it's, it's insane. And most people would be like, what, how, how do you give that much money? But she's so successful. I mean, it's, it's so true. Look at the Oprah's and the Richard Branson's of the world. And we can all be like that someday. Yeah, I definitely agree. Do you mind talking about like how to fix your money story? Totally. Oh my gosh. Love it. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Woo. So I, it all starts off with, um, diving deep into, into how your parents taught you about money. So the first thing I always like to do is like, let's think about your first memory of money. So for me, and I always wonder if my sister listens to these podcasts when I tell the story. (laughs) So for me, um, my first money memory was I was like a young, I, I don't know, maybe I was around seven or eight and I actually stole money from my sister. Like she was given money for her birthday and I took money from her. And I was like, thinking back as an adult, like I I'm just shocked. Like how can a child even think about doing that? But for some reason, I just, what that sort of taught me was that like, I thought money, like you had to hold onto it. And I felt like I deserved that money, but that money wasn't going to come to me easily. And I had to take it in a nasty way, which is crazy for a child. But I had this belief that like, obviously money wasn't as abundant as it really is. Um, so always thinking about what your money store, what your first money memory is the first time you exchanged money, or maybe it's, maybe you did something silly, like steal a pack of gum when you were a child, or maybe it was your parents just very easily gave you money. Like you were like, mom, can I have a hundred dollars? And they were like, yeah. So whatever that first memory is, and then go through and be like, what, what were the types of 
verbiage that your parents, um, so what did your, my goodness, what were the words (laughs) and verbiage that your parents said around money being like, um, so I can just say for me in my money story, it was like, um, we can't afford that or, um, you shouldn't buy that. It's too expensive or, uh, you know, you, you can't go on this trip. It's, it's too much money or, you know, you have to pay for it or whatever it was. So what were the common themes that you heard your parents say around money? Maybe it was, um, you know, yeah, of course we can hand you a hundred dollars or, um, yeah, that's super cheap. We can give you. So whatever your parents really taught you how they interacted with money and really do a deep, deep dive into that. So I always say, get a journal out and spend like an hour a day writing your first money memory, everything your parents said, did their reactions around money, how they exchanged money. Maybe it was in a store. Like if you watch them, you went out to restaurants and you can always remember your father, like, um, maybe asking for things to be taken off the bill, or maybe it was, um, not tipping or something, or maybe it was the opposite where your parents tipped abundantly, whatever it is, and really dive into that. And that'll give you insight into how you now speak about money. And then if you really, really want to change your money story, I always say like, what would it look like? What would the amount of money you receive? What would that look like? Maybe think about it weekly, think about it monthly, think about it yearly. How would you act if you had that money? So I always like to say like with my clients, like if you were a rich woman, how would you act if you were this wealthy, abundant, rich woman? Because most of the time we have a money story of lack. Um, I have yet to have a client that came in and was like, yeah, I've got all the money in the world because they probably most likely don't need me. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) so it's always like, how can I make more money? How can I be successful in business? And like, what does it look like to already have that money and then work from there? Did that make sense? No, it it did. did. That was, that was a beautiful (laughs) answer. I really liked it. I was writing it down. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to do it later tonight. I'm going to want a text from you. (laughs) Yeah. Friday night planned. To your journaling. Yeah. And really just, once you sort of figure out like how you typically, how your parents were speaking about money, see how you're speaking about money on a daily basis. So, um, a lot of my friends who now don't do it because I would slap their hand, but they, we would maybe, um, I would say like, Hey, do you want to go out for dinner? And their verbiage was like, Oh no, I can't afford that. Mm-mm. Let's eliminate, eliminate. I can't afford anything from your vocabulary and say things like, Oh, you know, maybe that's not, that's not the right choice for me right now. Very Mm -hmm. different versus that is coming from the abundance versus lack mindset. Um, so just watching how you speak around money, um, saying things are like too expensive. I can't afford that. That's too much money. Um, I don't have enough money and seeing how you can then rephrase it. So it comes from a positive standpoint versus a negative is really, really important. And just changing that, changing the way you speak about it really just will start to resonate throughout different aspects of your life too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. I've done a little bit of diving into the money story. Um, I used to have such a bad mindset when it comes to money, but earlier this year I did the whole like writing, a love letter to money and, you know, really just being grateful for it. And just even every paycheck, it's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, just like really showing it respect. So that's cool that you teach that too. Yeah. I also like to do a thing where if you had a dollar bill in front of you, um, describing about like how you feel about that, just that dollar bill, that piece of paper, 
and your feelings around this object and going into that. And you'll be really, really astounded on what comes up with that exercise. So whoever's listening, or like, I actually might do it after this call again, because sometimes I just kind of like to go through and see if my mindset has shifted or if there are old things, excuse me, old things that like come up. Um, but it's a really interesting exercise. Yeah, that is a cool one. Yeah. Like I said, <laughs> Friday night planned. Yes. This, honestly, this is, this is how I, this is my favorite type of Friday night journaling, some meditation, money, story, talk, <laughs> money, story, talk. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> um, so what would you say to someone who is thinking about starting something online? Um, I know that that's your area of expertise. Um, like you said, social media, if you have an idea, just get on social media. So what would you say to someone who like, what is afraid to do it and just needs to do it, but they don't even know where to begin? Oh my goodness. Favorite, favorite topic. So when it comes to, if someone ever says like, I want to do this, but I'm afraid, I always like to kind of have them do a little task where I call it like a, a 10 day challenge or a seven day challenge where they conquer different random fears before they even start to start a business. So doing small things. And I actually did this myself for one month. I did every single day. I challenged myself to do something that scared me. And it was everything from answering the phone with when an unknown number called, <laughs> like, scary. Or that maybe is scary. Like, right. Like what you're like, Oh, it's a, it's a four, six, six number. Who's this? Yeah. Um, answering the, the phone to the last thing I did was jumping out of an airplane. And for 30 days I did some, I did one thing each day that scared me. And then when the last, you know, the last thing, if it's starting an online business, that's really scary to you. It's not going to seem that scary anymore. But from a tactical logistical standpoint, I always say, figure out who is the, who is your target market? Meaning like, who is the client that you really want to help and what value are you going to provide to them? And that is a really great way to start even before you start putting yourself on social media or just think about who do you want to serve and who do you want to help? And just having that solid rock really will make everything else super easy. And then you can get on to the all tactical stuff, making sure you pick a social media platform and like grow your audience on there, start a website, get a mailing list, things like that. But really trying to to conquer that fear before to making that starting a business seem so, so easy. And then really making sure that you know exactly, exactly who you want to serve. Everything from like, what does this person eat for breakfast? What type of music do they listen to? Do they have a family? Where do they live in the world? And all these tiny little details will really just make everything so much clearer for you. Cause that's the number one, um, mistake or number one reason businesses fail is that they don't know their target market. So if you can get in that from the beginning, that, that is number one in my book. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I've heard that. Yeah. I've written out the ideal client like a couple times, <laughs> Yeah, but I think a lot of people are like, okay, so she's like 22 and she's a female and, but, and I go in, I'm like, no, like, does she eat cocoa puffs for breakfast? Does she paint her nails? Does she call her mom on the weekends? Like really, if you can come up with the exact type of person, everything else sort of falls into place from there. Yeah, it's true because then you know who you're speaking to. 
Exactly. Mm -hmm. And people like to be spoken to versus the masses. So if you can speak directly to that singular person, trust me, that person, there are multitudes of that exact person that exists in the world. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) What other fun questions can I answer? (laughs) yeah, I I can't think of a question right now. I think that we've covered all of it. This is you're pretty great. Oh, Felicia, I really appreciate that. Can I ask you a question? Of course, yeah, I'd love I'd so, welcome that. So I want to know, like, what was the whole reasoning that you wanted to start the podcast? Like, what was your deep burning desire to to kind of get your message out there in the world? Ooh, that's a good question. Oh, feel free to not have to answer my question. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, Lauren, this isn't your podcast. So yeah, it's not about you. Um, uh, that was see. such a good plug. I really loved it. <laughs> um, no, I just, I knew that I wanted to get my voice out there a little bit. So when I started the podcast, I knew I wanted to interview people, um, but people that I guess, people that inspired me. So as much as I love a good life coach and I follow them on the daily, but I just wanted to really talk to people that were making a difference, um, at the same time as, you know, living it up and doing them. And I think that's so great. Um, Mm -hmm. and those people are my people and they're the ones that stood out to me. So when I sat down and I started thinking about people that I wanted to interview for my podcast, I realized that all of them, a lot of them were social entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. nonprofit starters, um, but they were younger. They were, you know, people under the age of 40 that are relatable and mm-hmm. easy to chat with. And they're not so, you know, academic, like they're, they're people that people want to be. Mm-hmm. So that was what kind of narrowed me down to start a podcast. But on top of that, with my Instagram page or even um, like my mindset, like love yourself series that I have within my podcast, that was something that I've always struggled with and like just not feeling enough, not feeling like you had a place Uh in the world. Like I would just always find myself talking like, well, they'll do their thing. And then if it's like, if, you know, if there's room, then I'll do my thing. And then it was, it was just always that always just like, well, why would that person like me? Or why would that person listen to me? Um, why would that person want to be around me? Just like, so like kind of coming from the lack mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did a lot of spiritual work and money talk and all of that stuff to really build myself up. So then it's like, how can I help other people just kind of shift their perspective a little bit? Like it's just the tiniest little voice in your head that just needs shifting. Um, yeah. that makes a huge difference. So then it was, well, how can I help people kind of step out of that a little bit more. And it's just little things on how to help other people make a difference because it's stuff that I've been through and stuff that I guess I just wrote out me as being an ideal client. Like I'm talking to me six months ago, me, because it's, you know, that meme that's like your life can change financially, spiritually, mentally, Uh like it's all, it's true. It's true. Like it's so true. It's a hundred percent true. You can change your whole life and it doesn't even need to take six months. Like it's insane. Yeah. Like all you have to do is just these small little mindset shifts that just people don't do, but you know, you really have to tap into the woo woo. Yeah. I love the, I love the woo woo. (laughs) I think 
A big part of also like social media is because we're so overexposed to everything, what everyone is doing. So we kind of come in versus like maybe 20 years ago when social media didn't exist, or maybe it was longer. How old am I now? I'm not quite sure. But, (laughs) but we weren't as exposed to everything. So people just kind of went in and was like, I'm going to do this. And it worked. And now we kind of see everyone else like, oh, well, this person's doing this and that person's already doing that. And that's all I'm going to say BS. You have a very specific gift to give to the world, everyone, me, you, whoever's listening. And there are people out there who need your exact gift. And I just think that small concept is just really hard for a lot of people to grasp. I mean, if everyone's knew that and said that we would all change the world. Yeah, I totally agree. I agree. This is a, this is a personal development seminar. It's like, we're like the next Tony Robbins team. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Dream right now, but I've got my hands up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> that's <Okay>. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but that's amazing. And I'm really glad that you started the podcast and I think it's really special. Thank and you so much. I think everyone should really get their voice out there in the world. So I appreciate you. Oh, thanks. That means a lot. <laughs> well, you're very welcome. <laughs> cool. Well, uh, yeah, I don't have any more questions for you. So thank you so much for being on. This is so great. I knew this would be an amazing podcast. Like the minute I contacted you and it was oh. just, you're a busy gal. <laughs> um, and I'm just, she's like, she's really crazy. So it's gotta be a good podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I'm, I'm so glad that we had the opportunity to talk, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I, if anyone is listening and wants to find out anything about me or wants to connect. Like if you want to connect on Instagram, Facebook, I'm on all of those things. Lauren A. Peterson, I think there's an underscore on Instagram, um, or add my personal Facebook page. I'm all about that. The more people in the tribe, the better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I totally agree. And your women of impact group. And my women of impact group. Yep. I have a small, I have a private group on or close group on Facebook, women of impact. And it's, the women that are in there, I mean, I don't even know how they found me, quite honestly. Like, I have women from Africa, I have women from Germany, I have women from Austria, all in this group, and they're all about social impact and making a big difference in the world and how we can all step up and, and be better versions of ourselves to, to help serve others. It's really, I'm inspired. Like, I just go on there and I chat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the other women come in, and I'm like, you really, this is more, I learn more from you than I think you do from me. And it's a great way also just to even connect with other women on there as well. So I totally agree. Yeah. yeah that's a great group. You're killing it on it. Oh, uh, thanks love. I appreciate that. 